Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Redestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Tel not Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, Israel. Site of the Maccabi Games. I'll give you more info if you want the info. On Twitter, you can call us, or of course the boys will talk about it. Let's get after it. Last night was a home run derby, and uh, viewership was up 38%. 38%. And I know there's some haters out there that are unable to actually listen and comprehend what I'm saying. I told you that the Home Run Derby can, in fact, be boring to watch in person. It, it, it just drags. They've done a better job of making it so it doesn't drag on. But I also told you, this is going back two months ago, both on this show and on The Herd. I, I know I told you because, as Ryan Music, my esteemed producer, who helped produce The Herd that day, will, will affirm, I kind of used the same rant on The Herd that I did on the Doug Gottlieb show, <laughs> uh, which which is, uh, is that about right, Ryan? That is true. There was uh, not that much time between us doing the, our show the previous day to the morning, the next morning doing The Herd. And it was... That's, uh, wasn't, it had nothing to do with time. It had to do with the fact that it was a really, really, really good series of points. And, and my it, points there were, okay, my points there are my same points now, which is... Aaron Judge can save regular season baseball. Aaron Judge can save the home run derby. Aaron Judge can make 
uh, can make lots of things interesting to watch. Not necessarily to listen to, okay, because he doesn't give you much at all in interviews. But the fact is that he's a Yankee. That's important. And you can go like, oh, what the Yankees? They haven't won the last time they won a World Series. Look, the Yankees won 27 world titles. They are synonymous with winning. They are the biggest name in the sport. And they, by the way, play in the biggest market. They're the biggest name in the biggest market. And they have physically the biggest star in baseball, who now um, literally is creeping up on becoming the biggest star in the sport. He and he's just a rookie. He's not making a ton of money. He wears 99. He looks like a superhero. He also looks like Aaron Gordon, who won the dunk contest. There's so much to him that in a sport which can be utterly and completely unwatchable, unless it's your team early on in the regular season or even the, the, the dog days of summer, Aaron Judge hits balls further, steroid-free, than anybody we've ever seen. Or at least it feels that way. Was that about the uh, was that about the rant music? Is that is that about where I went with it? That sounds like we actually just replayed the other oh. segment, and you actually haven't <laughs> arrived at the studio yet from Jerusalem. <laughs> That's what we did. We got we got knocked offline, so they just re-aired a two-month-old rant that just happened to apply today. Now, what's the point, Doug? I realize I watched the home run derby. Well, first is a good uh, what is it? S T F U. Yeah, it's, it really should be STFY, but whatever reason we go STFU, to Logan Morrison. Remember Logan Morrison's like, why is Gary Sanchez in the home run derby? I should be in the home run derby. Remember that? Yeah, that's why. 38% viewership. Gary Sanchez took baseball by storm last year at the end of the season. And now the right fielder Aaron Judge has taken baseball by storm this year. The Home Run Derby is about the youth of baseball. It's about making people watch something which is like, dude, you're just watching guys hit balls far. Like They're not curveballs. There's nothing. It's not really baseball. Get Yankees in it. People will watch. Get young dudes in it that you haven't heard of. People watch. Young dudes that put up ridiculous numbers. Last year it was Sanchez. I think 19 home runs in 40-some-odd games, something like that. This year it's Aaron Judge leading the world in, ho- in balls hit a metric mile. It's not a metric mile, it's actually a kilometer. Anyway, um, that so the first thing is STFY or you, whichever you want to, Logan Morrison. It also points to the NBA's need to get something done in New York, to get something done with the L.A. Lakers. And the story of the day from Lee Jenkins of Sports Illustrated, who does an outstanding job. The story of the day is very, very simple is um, Paul George is open to the idea of, hey, we're really good in Oklahoma City. Like, why would I leave? It's not a foregone conclusion that he will go to Los Angeles. On the other hand, Russell Westbrook also hasn't signed his contract extension unless he does. It's not a foregone conclusion Russell Westbrook's going to stay after this year. But the NBA, they need Los Angeles. They need New York. Because while while you and me like I don't care, I'm going to watch. Uh, I'm going to watch LeBron James and Steph Curry. Like I don't care where they like doesn't location of the team doesn't matter to me. But I'm a sports fan. And when you get to major events in sports, you need the 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 mainstream fan, not the sports fan, to kind of help carry build that huge number. 
And when you cut out the two biggest cities in the country with vibrant basketball fan bases as well, well, you're limiting the scope of how many people can come listen or come watch. Um, and maybe the other part to it is this. Tonight's the All-Star Game. It's on Fox. I'll watch it. Um, I like the All-Star Game. There's some nostalgia to it. But can we all admit that the baseball All-Star Game, just frankly like the NBA All-Star Game, like the Pro Bowl, but even more so because it's baseball, it, it is it is an arcane idea, right? It is something from a foregone era. I'll I'll give you the example. Israel has like the most ridiculous cell phone technology because many of it was much of it was developed here. Uh, this is Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. I'm actually broadcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. The cell phone and Wi-Fi technology here is spectacular, even though the topography of, for example, Jerusalem is hilly and mountainous, right? So um, what's interesting to me, though, is that while the cell phones that were that were developed because of all the wars, right, all the wars and the fighting, like much of I mean, why were drones drones that Amazon's going to use to to drop off your food now that Amazon bought Whole Foods? Like all that drone technology, the drones that you bought for your kids for Christmas or for Hanukkah, like that was all developed in places of war. Necessity is the root of all invention, isn't it? So, um, with all the developed technology they have here, last night before the show, means I don't know if I told you this, Ramos, you too. Um, across the street from where I'm broadcasting from is a beautiful mall. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of this in our country, but people don't go to the mall anymore. It's not the 1980s, not the 1990s. Okay? And one of the things that came into play in the 1990s in malls was the food court, right? Remember the food court? You go down, you get a little Chick-fil-A, you get a hot dog and a stick. Like you can get like Sabaro pizza, right? Like now nobody goes to a mall. Matter of fact, malls are, many of them are, are almost vacant and they're being repurposed for other things. And the reason is, well, Amazon, Amazon, you know, and Amazon Prime and Zappos to deliver shoes like the next day. And if you don't like them, you put them back in, they're gone. Like it's just shopping is done online or shopping is done in niche stores. Why do you need to go to a mall and fight the traffic or whatever? People don't go to a mall. But here in Israel, like they still go to malls. They also still smoke cigarettes. These are all things from the 80s and 90s that we don't do nearly as much in volume. On the other hand, we still have the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, which was created with a great spirit, great intent, because back in the day, they used to have the American League and the National League. And I don't know if you know this, but the American League and National League, originally, okay, until expansion, they only played in the World Series. There wasn't even any, they were playing for the pennant, but there wasn't even any playoffs. There wasn't uh, a championship series. Then they developed the championship series. Then it was the divisional series. Then you had the wild card. And now you have the wild card play-in game and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we also now have the crossover of every series having every, every week we have a different interleague series. Oh yeah. And you can watch any team play anytime, anywhere, even from your phone. So this idea that, well, I never get to watch Aaron judge play. That's not true. Everybody gets the yes network. You can watch Aaron judge play whatever you want. Not even counting the nationally televised game on Fox. And if you want to watch Aaron Judge highlights, you can put it in your phone to watch every time he has an at-bat, you can see the highlight. 
So I need to watch the Wild Star game so I can see Aaron Judge hit against whomever. I mean, the All-Star game isn't even a game. It's not. Like, we all know, like, starting, Max Scherzer is going to throw, what, two innings? Max Scherzer and Chris Sale are going to throw two innings. The starting infielders are going to play two, three, maybe four innings. Then they're going to shake hands. Then they're going to get all their swag. Then they're going to go home. And they all love it, and they all love the honor of doing it. But the fact is, you get 16 days off in Major League Baseball for 162 games. And if you're kind of close and you got plenty of money, like, eh, it's not like these guys don't know each other to play against each other. They play interleague. You can see somebody play whenever you want. It is the the Major League Baseball All-Star game to us is what malls are to Israelis. We still do it. We still love it. We still kind of go watch it, but we're like, okay, they tried to make it mean something because it's home field advantage, even though it really is kind of a ridiculous way to describe home field, to decide a home field advantage. It's not really a game because pitchers are throwing, you know, starting pitcher throwing two innings or one inning and you're rotating all these guys around. And all these players that back in the 60s, 70s, even 80s, you would never see play in your ballpark and you couldn't see him play on TV. Now you can watch him anytime you want. And you can watch him in a legit game. So where is the where is the allure? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The UFC guys are badasses. Okay, so anybody who who um, anybody who says, well, I heard Gottlieb, he's, he's talking trash about the UFC. No, no, that, that ain't true. I, I've said this before and I mean it. The three different things that will, three things that will survive a nuclear holocaust. Okay, Twinkies, cockroaches, wrestlers they just will okay. wrestlers are badasses and you may not like cauliflower ear i don't want my son wrestles i don't want cauliflower ear. my son to get cauliflower ear. but those dudes are tough hombres and you mentioned and a lot of these guys have a rest most of them have a wrestling background and then a brazilian jiu-jitsu background like they're they're bad dude they are not dudes you want to run into and talk smack to in a dark alley because especially wrestlers they get you on the ground once they get you on the ground like that's their office you're done you're like, I'm sorry. But the UFC press conferences, especially involving Conor McGregor, are just so over the top. Like, I'm, do- I'm just done. I'm just done. And I'm sorry, but when both guys are going to get super rich, when both are in on the gag that Conor McGregor is not a boxer, and yet he's, gonna, he's, not, he's not just fighting... He's not just like he's fighting as a, uh, a, a boxer. He's fighting... A guy who is, has a master's, as a doctorate in the sweet science. He's arguably the best pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. Now, now I, it's a completely different discipline. Completely different discipline. So, I just... And when both guys are making not six, not seven, but likely, you know, Floyd's making eight figures in this. They're just... Maybe nine figures. This there's just the, the level of I my, my I don't give a you know what in in terms of you don't really dislike a guy. I mean, if Conor McGregor gets flattened in the first round, he's still going to get. He was on he was on welfare four years ago. Did you guys know he was on welfare four years ago? And now he's going to be worth 
$100 million after this fight? Like, there's just no way you can tell me that you hate each other when you had to kind of get together and finally get the fight done, and both are going to be rich beyond all possible levels of wealth. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Connor's fighting a discipline that's not even his. Like, you don't hate each other? And it's so over the top. That said... Every media company is going to cover it. Everybody will be talking about it. Why? Because a Conor McGregor press conference and a Floyd Mayweather press conference is catnip to the masses. Can't get enough. It's not, a, it's not any different than WWE, you know? I don't get it. I don't watch it. I, don't, I do know people that are really bright that do watch it. But, man, that's, that's, I can't get into it. Can't do it. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I saw this article from Lee Jenkins, and it's, it's interesting that uh, Kevin Durant apparently told Paul George, that place, Oklahoma City, will blow you away. George said, quote, he told me they can offer you what other teams can't in terms of the people and the preparation, the facility, down to the chefs and meals. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but like Kevin Durant gave away, he, he bought two what would be a, a, amount to brownstones, and he combined them, and I think he spent like $3 million on the renovation and the building buildings combined, which is like within walking distance of the arena, and then he sold it for like a million dollars. Anyway, if only Paul George was coming earlier, he could have rented it out to him. So kind of interesting that, that KD um, said such, I mean, it's not interesting to me. I don't think anything, like Kevin Durant didn't have any bad feelings about Oklahoma City. He just thought it was a better place for him, and he wanted to explore living in a different place, playing in a different team, and by the way, winning a championship, and he made the right decision. So, I don't know, any Oklahoma City fan that's upset at Kevin Durant, I mean, I think if you read these quotes from Paul George, uh, then uh, then you, you do realize that Kevin Durant is a pretty sincere guy. He really didn't have any problem with Oklahoma City, and he saw value in it. He just saw more value elsewhere. George went on to say, there's no right way to handle it. I get the frustration. I get why people are upset. But at the same time, I want the average fan to understand that we only get a small window to play this game. And more than anything, you want to be able to play for a championship. I wanted to bring that to Indiana. I really did. I love Indiana. That'll always be a special place. I'm sorry uh, for not holding on, but I wasn't sure that we'd ever get a team together to compete for a championship. And that's uh, where it where it came from. Um so he goes on to say that it's, it's no locked-up cinch. All I was asking was a little help in Indy. Now I'm getting a lot of help in Oklahoma. Uh, I think uh, I fit with how he plays and vice versa. Being a knockdown shooter, I think I can spread the floor for him and run the floor for him. But I also think I can help get him easier opportunities. Uh, he went on to say that, um, uh, it, look, it's not a locked-up cinch that he's going to Oklahoma. I grew up a Lakers and a Clippers fan. I idolized Kobe. There will always be a, a tie there, a connection there. People saying, I want to come home. Who doesn't want to play for their hometown team? That's a dream come true. You're growing up uh, growing up on the outskirts of L.A. to be the man in your city. That's definitely overstated. I'm searching for it. If we get a killer season in Oklahoma, we make the conference finals or upset the Warriors, do something crazy, I'd be dumb if I want to leave that. So he's not saying that he's staying in Oklahoma. He's saying, like, well, let's let this thing play out and see how it goes. But he's also not saying he's not going to the Lakers. Lakers rolled the dice, but so too did Oklahoma City. My guess is he still ends up wearing purple and gold next year.
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Uh, We welcome in Sam Darnold, who most of you know as the Heisman Trophy uh, hopeful Heisman Trophy favorite per Vegas. He's also starting quarterback USC that won the Rose Bowl. Spectacular come from behind fashion against Penn State. Uh, one of the one of the, just the litany of great Rose Bowl games, but in the most recent one, it, he was he was phenomenal. Sam was also a really good basketball player at San Clemente High School. Um, biggest blowout football or basketball you've ever been a part of? Um, well, thanks thanks Doug for uh, having me back on. I really appreciate it. Um, biggest blowout. Uh, yeah. Shoot. Either way, you got blown out or you blew somebody else out. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think, I mean, those summer those summer basketball games can be um, kind of shoddy with the talent that we play. So um, I'm sure there was a team in there that we blew out by, you know, like 40 points. Uh, so those were always those were always fun, and uh, got to sit out that second half. But um, no, those those games were always kind of shoddy on the talent that we would play. Um, but but yeah, there was nobody like in high school football like like okay San Clemente who was in your who was in your league? There's always one team in in somebody's league in high school that had no shot. Yeah, I mean we had a couple of those um, in high school. I mean our, my senior year we were pretty good. Uh, so yeah, there are definitely a couple of those teams. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily want to name them, uh, but yeah. Why? Well, it's not like def- you have to play him. It's not like you have to play him again, Sam. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, we had a couple of those teams in our league uh, my senior year. Um, those games were definitely, you know, not as fun as the nail biters. But, um, no, it was, I mean, you know, you're always going to have one of those in your league unless you're in the, you know, Trinity League on the West Coast, which has, you know, top top of the notch talent. So, Sam Darnold joining us, USC starting quarterback, Heisman Trophy favorite. Um, we caught up, but I was at the other pl- at a at a different network. It's great to catch up with you on this one uh, twice. Once when you first started and first kind of took over and took the college football world by storm. Uh, then uh, right after the Rose Bowl, um, so like here we are, seven months since the Rose Bowl, and I think people on the West Coast and college football people knew you before the Rose Bowl, but it's it's different in a game of that level of importance uh, that's that's that well regarded nationally. Penn State, obviously, with the East Coast and Midwest backgrounds with the Big Ten, and, of course, the, it's on the East Coast. With, with that in mind, how has your life changed since that game? Yeah, um, you know, it's changed in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, obviously it's, it's changed a lot for the better. And, you know, I'm really, you know, thankful for that. And, you know, it's been a blessing the whole way through. But, um, yeah, I mean – a lot of, you know, the Pac-12 doesn't necessarily get the credit I think that we deserve. But um, at the same time, you know, it's it's an awesome conference and um, it's got great talent, obviously. Um, and it's it definitely gets you ready for those bowl games and, you know, hopefully down the line, you know, a playoff game if, if we happen to get there. So, um, but I meant like media obligations, places you go, like, Look, I mean, you kind of stick out like a, a a sore thumb anyway. Not a sore thumb. I mean, like you stick out, right? Big red hair. Red hair. You're, you got a you know big body. Like you're not you're not a little fella. You know, like six four with with a a, a a pro body and red hair. Like you can't hide. But I would I would guess it's different, no? Or is it? I mean, you tell me. Yeah. Um. You know, sometimes I can hide a little bit. I mean, if I just put a hat on and sunglasses and I'm outside, you know, it's it's pretty easy. But Whenever the red hair's out, you know, some people will recognize me, but it's also easier, too. I think whenever, 
you know, a, a football player's, you know, popular amongst like the crowd or something. Uh, it's definitely easier to hide sometimes just because we have our helmets on. Um, whereas like, you know, a basketball player it always has his face showing. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it can be easy at times, but sometimes, you know, if someone, um, like I was at a Dodger game uh, a couple of days ago and one person came and took a picture with me and then everyone else realized that, um, you know, I was, it was you. Yeah, it was me. Yeah. So, um, it's, you know, it's definitely interesting, but, um, yeah, sometimes I stick out, but other times I can kind of blend in. There's there's this sense that you and Josh Rosen, of course, starting quarterback over at UCLA, and he had a tough year last year with a bunch of injuries. There's a sense, foregone conclusion, you guys are going pro. You're going to be number one and number two in, in the draft. How do you handle that? When you hear that from people, assuming they know what your future holds, how do you handle that? Yeah, um, I think the simplest answer that I can come up with when people say that is just, you know, and it's kind of cliche, but you can only control what you can control. Uh, so, you know, if I have a bad year this year, you know, knock on wood, or if I have a great year, um, we're just going to see what happens from there. You know, I, I need to be able to talk to my family, talk to, you know, all of my coaches. And um, so it's it's definitely going to be a process. But right now, I mean, um, we're just focused on fall camp, and we just got a bunch of new freshmen. So right now we're just focused on getting them integrated with our team. What is the biggest thing you personally have worked on? Because, like, look, when I when you came in, it electrified the offense. You were different. Obviously, the schedule was really difficult for if you were the starting quarterback to start the year. It might not have mattered. I mean, you might not have got smacked by Alabama by that same score. Uh, you might not have struggled as much early on. But like, look, it was a hard beginning to a schedule with a new head coach, a new regime, and new quarterback for anybody. That said. Uh, you kind of took it by storm, but now you kind of have to. People have tape on you. They got. They're going to be able to to pick apart your weaknesses as defensive coordinators. What have you gone back to self-assess with that coaching staff, and said, you know, I need to do this better. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think first and foremost is just um, in the off season. I mean, continuing to work on my strength and my speed and getting better in those categories and just keeping up, uh, you know, with the athleticism that I have, but. I think also um, going back and looking at those games with my coaches, probably um, just I, I think the one thing that sticks out is just um, staying with my read and um, staying in the pocket, but also, you know, there's a fine line between wanting to stay in the pocket and just kind of go by instinct and run around out there. And, you know, I think personally that's a strong suit of my game is to just kind of make stuff happen. But at the same time, you need to be able to, or I need to be able to, um, you know, kind of keep with my read and stay on, uh, you know, go one, two, three with my read rather than one, two, scramble and find a guy. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's different, right? I mean, like, and, and I mean, we saw that. I mean, you picked the quarterback. I mean, probably the, uh, you know, probably Deshaun Watson's probably the easiest example of that, right? Where early on in his career, he was, I don't know if he was one, two, as much as maybe even one read and then tuck and run. Yeah. And last year, now he had a lot more interceptions, but he stayed until they got to the college football playoff. He stayed in the pocket more and refined himself, uh, whether it's for college or maybe for the NFL. That, that's got to be part of the thinking, yeah. right? Like, I have to be a true pocket passer in order to make it, not just at this level, but the next. Right. Um, no, definitely. But, I, yeah, I also, I mean, in college football, there's also a fine line, like I said, because uh, you want, you know, you want 
um, your quarterback, if he's able to do it, to be able to go around and or run around and make plays. So uh, there's definitely a fine line there, but I'm definitely working on staying in the pocket more and um, you know trusting my line and being able to feel the rush around me rather than just kind of guess. Last year, you guys lost three of your uh, first four games. People left you for dead. There was questions about whether uh, Coach Helton w- would, would be back. I mean, that, those were real legitimate discussions that people were having. Mm-hmm. Uh, however insane it sounds to us on the outside, those were apparently being had on, on some level at SC. You turn it around, you go off and, and rip off nine consecutive wins, you win a Rose Bowl, you beat UCLA, you beat Notre Dame, you beat Washington, who won the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 championship and goes to the college football playoff. Like, right. you, you beat them all. But, but there, there's a hunger there when people leave you for dead. Now you're the now you're the hunted instead of the hunter. How not just you personally, but for your team? How do you recreate that? How do you how do you stay hung? How do you keep your crew hungry instead of fat and uh, and you know right. um, and and almost a little bit of arrogance considering how much you turned it around? Yeah, there's definitely that. We want to stay on track, but um, I think Coach Helton has done a great job of um, you know in team meetings um, from the Rose Bowl on till now. I think he's done a great job of. Um, explaining how this is a different team. You know, we've lost guys, and, you know, it's a huge step because we finished the season at ranked number three, and it's a huge step to go from number three to number one. Um, and, you know, he's made that very clear, and we've we've worked extremely hard. Um, we've worked, you know, just as hard or maybe even harder than last uh, off season. And, you know, it's been a great off season with our strength coach, um, our strength coaches, and, um you know, we're just looking to continue the hard work and also just keep our minds focused on the now rather than, you know, the past. Hey, uh, you went to the – did you go to the Manning Manning Academy? Yeah. What's that like? Um, it's awesome. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's the experience of a lifetime. Um, you know, you get to talk to Eli and Peyton, and Cooper is – he's probably one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my life. Um uh, that's uh, Peyton's older brother. Um, yep. <laughs> and uh, Archie is just, you know, he has the ability to when, you know, when he talks, the whole the whole room, you know, goes silent. So, um, no, it's just, it's awesome to be around them. But um, I think the biggest thing I got out of that camp was um, kind of just the way they carry themselves. You know, they don't act like they're too big for anyone. Um, and, you know, I think, um, I think everyone can learn from that. And, you know, the example that they set, you know, for all of football. Who keeps you in check? Who's the, who's the person who most calls BS on you if if you start to go Hollywood? You said, hey, sometimes I throw on sunglasses. Who's the yeah. guy who's like, dude, come on, don't 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 go Heisman on me? <laughs> um, yeah, probably my friends, my uh, my roommates. Uh, they definitely keep me in check uh, and give me a hard time whenever they sense any any bit of you know that. Uh, kind of, I guess, arrogance in me. But um, no, I'm not. I'm not usually that guy. They don't really have to worry about me. But you know, if I if I happen to show any sign of it, they're they're for sure there to, you know, keep me in check. Has the marketing department asked you about any slogans for you for the Heisman? Like, I don't know if you know this. Vegas has you as the favorite to win the Heisman. Have they asked you like, do you like this? Do you like this? Do you not like that? Or they, how how does that work? Um. I mean, they'll they'll usually ask me if, you know, I like something or if I don't, but uh, I usually kind of just tell them to do whatever they want. And, uh, you know, if they think, if they think it's awesome, then, you know, just go ahead. I'm, 
I'm, uh, I'm kind of just rolling with the flow right now. Um, but, you know, it's been an awesome ride. Uh, but, you know, we're really just focused on having a great year. But when it comes to, like, slogans and all that, you know, I'll let them kind of take care of that. <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned a ride. Only 10 starts under your belt, and, and think of the ride that you've been on. Look, man, can't wait to see you at fall camp. I'll, I'll pop in. Uh, love to catch up. In the meantime, enjoy your summer, and thanks for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Doug. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And now... Skip Bayless on The Undisputed had this to say about Aaron Judge and how he compares him to LeBron James. Aaron Judge is already way beyond LeBron James because... Aaron Judge, as a rookie, participated in the Home Run Derby. (laughs) And LeBron James, after 14 NBA seasons, still hasn't participated in his first slam dunk contest. And he's not. Where are you, LeBron? What happened? Where were you when we needed you? And this is my theory, and I think it's the true theory. LeBron dreaded being on that solo stage against a potentially hot opponent who had come up with some shocking new slam dunk move mm-hmm. and captivated the crowd. Um, look, I agree, actually, with a lot of what Skip is saying here. I, and then I think he just takes it kind of that step way too far at the end where he's like he's worried about the hot dunker doing the dunk he's never seen. I, it was a mistake in LeBron James' career. The first five years in the NBA to not be in the dunk contest. And you could say, well, yeah, yeah, but that's not his thing. Then why did he wear Michael Jordan's number? Like, Michael Jordan was a great scorer, was a great player. But his first commercial, you know, dunking and the sound of an airplane in the background, it was like Nike flight. And he first burst onto the scene, really in the dunk contest, and then in his second year in the NBA playoffs against the Boston Celtics when he had 49 and 63 in back-to-back games. But he was, he, was the great, he was the greatest big competition dunker we've seen. Like Remember back then they weren't allowed, kind of like now, they weren't allowed to miss dunks. They could miss one dunk of competition, and he won all those competitions he was in. So I think it was a mistake. Do I think that LeBron didn't do it because of a hot dunker? No, I think he did it because, or didn't do it because he probably felt like there was more for him to lose than there was for him to gain. But that sounds like a decision made by other people. Or if you're a competitor, you're like, look, I'm going to go win the dunk contest anyway. It shouldn't matter. I actually do think, and as much as, and look, for Aaron Judge, you can fail in the home run derby and nobody cares. Steph Curry failed a couple of times in the, the NBA three-point shooting contest and nobody cares. The dunk contest, there is more pressure, there is more focus than the home run derby and the three-point shooting contest. But I also think that pressure bursts pipes. So if you don't have it in you, you know you don't have it in you, don't go do it. I'm, I'm still stunned he didn't. But now we've gotten past the point of no return. He shouldn't be in a dunk contest. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Much has been made about the dangers of playing football to the point that some parents have bemoaned letting their children even play Pop Warner. However, a study uh, from JMA Neurology, players up to the high school level are not at risk at long-term cognitive or mental damage. The question that that study seeks to answer is, does playing high school football have a statistically and clinically significantly adverse association with cognitive impairment and depression at 65 years of age? In order to answer that question, 
The piece goes on. The study was conducted among about 4,000 men, 3,900, who averaged 64.4 years of age. It utilized a Wisconsin longitudinal study among men who graduated high school in 1957. According to the study, there was no statistical or clinical significant harmful association between playing football in high school and increased impairment or depression later in life on average. In essence, men, based upon the study, the JMA Neurology, who played high school football, did not experience cognitive issues later in life. Okay. This, the piece goes on to say, like, look, this was high school football played 60 years ago. And so it's very, very different. What it points to is something that I believe I have said before on radio, but if you haven't listened, here it is. High school football is in danger. Football is dangerous. We know this. Football, especially um, at a high level, but football probably at any level, especially with helmets and shoulder pads, but especially the helmets. Uh, Football increases your risk of brain damage. It just does. Like there's, you can, we can argue about what percentage of increase there is, but if you play football at a high level, you're increasing your risk of brain damage. That doesn't mean you're absolutely getting brain damage, but you're substantially increasing your risk. And while this study does not offer up any proof that high school football high school football can increase your risk of brain damage all it takes is a couple of st- a study here a study there a, a um, somebody to have depression have CTE trace it back to only playing high school football sue have others join the suit make it a class action lawsuit and states are scared that look states are running in a deficit in most places anyway they don't have they don't have the pockets and their insurance doesn't have the pockets to cover too much litigation and at some point if it gets too messy and if it gets too deep they'll just say like all right the hell with it we're not doing high school football because we can't get it insured that day's not here and the study doesn't prove it but the day is coming the day's coming. Uh, my guess would be, this is just a guess, it's in the next 20 years. Because if you look, we didn't have any of these studies talking about pro football. Five years ago, 10 years ago, none of them. Or none that at least that became public. Now you have so many different stories go public. You have college football studies. College football at least can protect itself because... Um, they have greater resources and endowments to pay things to go away. Uh, they also, you're having players sign up for, con- you know, with basically with contract the universities to play football. It, it becomes something that they do in order to earn a scholarship as opposed to a high school football player who's just trying to perform an athletic event to be cool at his high school. That's That's still my guess. I still think... High school football is very, very much in danger. Very much in danger. And that doesn't mean imminent danger. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.